0: This is Rachel McElroy.
1: Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And
0: this is wonderful. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Or afternoon.
1: Dunk Shane. Should you be listening that's, in thank the afternoon? You. Guten Morgen is good morning. Okay. And that's. Uh, and
0: evening, if you're listening in the evening. These are all the times of day.
1: Yeah, good evening. <laughs> I'm trying to. Um. I, I've, I've forgotten every foreign. My brain is, I yeah. should say this now, soup. Yes. This is wonderful show. Where we talk about things we like, things that we're into. My brain is soup. <laughs> I had a bit of a world. We love soup here. We love soup here.
0: Podcast Empire.
1: I had a fly somewhere in the morning, fly home at night situation last night, and um, I feel like my I feel like my mind is was disrupted in that process. I left a splinter of myself somewhere in the sky. Can you ever do that? <laughs>
0: I don't think I've flown as much as you have. So maybe that's the kind of thing that happens after a certain number of miles.
1: Possibly. That's entirely possible. But I'm here now with you, and that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. and uh,
0: I have my small wonder.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm ready this time. Okay, do it. I don't. So, like, it'll give me some time to prepare.
0: You know that universal thing where somebody tells you you haven't seen a movie, and then that person in disbelief always says, you haven't seen, and then says the movie again? Yeah. So, for example, if I were to say, like, you know, I haven't seen A Walk to Remember, and then you were like- I don't
1: don't know that that's one I would really put the- All
0: right. if, If I were to say, I haven't seen Lord of the Rings Two Towers- that's how they that's how they say it, right?
1: Yeah. I mean yeah. I wouldn't I think I I mean I know that and accept that about it. you haven't seen it's weird that you would <laughs> single out one of the Lord of the Rings movies when you haven't seen any of them.
0: Okay, Lord what about I haven't seen Terminator Two?
1: You haven't seen Terminator two? There you go. That's the thing I like.
0: You gotta see Terminator. <laughs> it communicates so much in just restating yeah. the thing the person said. Okay. Like now, I know immediately that that is a movie that is important to you, and that you are surprised that I haven't seen it because you like it and/or think it is so important.
1: Terminator Two is an incredibly important. In fact, that's going to be my small <laughs> wonder this week is Terminator Two. <laughs> we used to rent a um, like a lake house with our friends here in Austin that was just kind of kind of a sprawling but ancient manor. Yes, It's the best way to describe that had, it.
0: They had several rooms dedicated to the storage of VHS tapes.
1: And it was a treasure trove, and I feel like I was exposed to a lot. I watched Terminator 1 and 2 and Predator for the first time in like one stay. Because I was like, oh, it's time to find out what Predator's all about. Whoa! <laughs> I'm all for what Predator's all about. Um, but yeah, Terminator is a pretty kick-ass flick, man. This okay. time, the Terminator, he's on our side. He's here to protect, he was rewired, and he's here to protect John, John Connor and his mom. And there's a big motorcycle f- chase and a big fight in a factory that I think just makes molten metal. I'm pretty sure. Not entirely sure what the purpose of the factory was, but I think they just made molten metal. Uh-huh. Kind of like the factory in Rudy, where it's like one of them dies because of the molten metal. It's like, yeah, that, maybe don't work in a molten metal factory.
0: <laughs> Got all this liquid metal. Have you seen Rudy? Yes, but only once, and it was maybe like five or six years ago. I remember you showed it to me. I did? Yes, it was one of those like courtship kind of like, I have an important movie for you to see, partner.
1: I don't think it was five or six years ago then, because we were married at that point. Okay,
0: well, all right, then, nine or ten. We've been together a while now. (laughs) We've
1: been together for a really long time. That's my other small wonder, is the longevity of our relationship. Okay. And the still passionate fire of our romance. Okay. Do you want to hear my thing that yes. I have ready for I us? I would like to hear the thing. Uh, today, I'd like to talk about flight attendants, or if you, or if you prefer, the cabin crew of uh, commercial aircraft. All
0: right, here we go. I like them. I know very little about this process. I have known several people that have participated yes. uh, in the industry. Yes. But I never got any good details on like what it's like and what training and that kind of stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, from, from, obviously everyone lives a different journey, follows a different path. That's
0: beautiful, honey. Uh,
1: thank you. <laughs> uh, but from everything I've seen and everything that I've read is that, you know, there's a lot of people that find it to be a very rewarding line of work and there's a lot of people who enjoy that sort of people-facing type experience, but I, from everything I've read, it is also a, a tough road to ho oh yeah, um, I
0: think about that every time I'm on a plane, yeah, like when when the crew is coming up and down the aisle and they are doing their various tasks and they're giving their various speeches, I think like, I wonder what that's like
1: yeah i i the I mean there's a lot I'm just gonna kind of jump around my notes here because I feel like this is like the big, biggest thing to kind of talk about is like uh there there is a cornucopia of mental and physical health sort of concerns that come along with being uh, on an airplane for huge stretches of of time. Um, Like there's, there's various cancers that are more prevalent among uh, flight attendants that aren't a hundred percent understood, but like, you know, being up in Uh, you know, the higher atmosphere where there's, like, more traces of radiation is uh, possible. Oh, man. I mean, that's sort of... I I couldn't really find any direct confirmation of that. But then, like, you know, on a more direct and observable level, there's, like, you know, um, disruption to sleep uh, cycles uh, and, you know, barometric trauma. And, like, I I have to rock the flones. Pretty hard for a couple days before and a couple days after. I know I'm gonna have a flight because uh, it like it it really wrecks my my nose business. Yeah, and being sort of in into that just on a daily basis for your job seems like it would it would really dry you out at the very least. Yeah, and then you also have like you know they are more susceptible to harassment and abuse. Uh, yeah. There's there's any number of things, and then on top of all that. They are carrying with them an uh, inordinate amount of emotional labor where, despite all of the things that I have mentioned so far, they have to be... They have to be pleasant. That's so and They true. have to smile through people, through like the, the pain. You
0: know, I think the experience of being a passenger. You know, you spend a lot of money on the flight. You do a lot of waiting. Often you experience a lot of delays. And so, a lot of times when you get on that plane, you are already operating at not your best. No. And I, I mean, I feel like everybody has witnessed those people that really take it out on the flight attendants. Absolutely, and it's and it's really disturbing to see.
1: Yeah, and it's. Uh, Uh, honestly this is a thing of just like tremendous respect i have tremendous respect for anybody who can like do this job at all and i'm not even talking about like the ones who go above and beyond i think that somebody who is in this sort of hospitality and safety sort of in industry under such you know pressure literal and figurative pressure is like is is someone who's very fucking tough
0: well, and um, you're trapped, right? Like a lot of professions, like if you experience something that's really uh, frustrating and taxing, you can walk out.
1: Yeah, you can't do that when you're no. in sky. Yes, because it's up pretty yeah. a pretty big amount. True. Um, I feel I feel a lot of respect for them, and you know, I uh, you know, on a day like yesterday, especially on my flight back to Austin, I was so wiped out, and I just had a really pleasant experience like with the with the the cabin crew on that flight like i felt very Uh, taken taken care of and uh, attended to and oh uh,
0: man especially now that we have children
1: yeah like
0: those are the when the real heroes come out when you see those flight attendants that are just very accommodating and understanding and and they try and make it as easy as possible for you i have a real new appreciation
1: and i'm always trying to earn a he did so good yeah. from them on my way out. <laughs> I if I can get that on my way out yeah. of the airplane, it puts a little spring in my I step.
0: do kind of make the eye contact when I'm holding uh, a child to be like, this one, do you see this one?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, that 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 part is, is just delightful. Uh, and sometimes they do a little skit during the post-boarding announcements and it's like, that's great. This is your fourth flight of today. <laughs> I can't believe you can even generate any level of skit. Um, I'm, I am impressed.
0: Yeah. You see that a lot on Southwest flights. I wonder if that's like mandated. Like they sit them down God, and they I say not, like, Here are
1: some jokes. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe. I don't want it to be though. <laughs> it's uh, like a
0: forced jungle cruise in the sky.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, uh, it, is, it, it is a job that I think takes a, a Herculean effort. In in a lot of different ways, and uh, I just – I really appreciate them. Uh, So the first flight attendant, like the first person to hold that job was actually a German man named uh, Heinrich Kubis who uh, worked on airships like as early as 1912, and he was actually aboard the Hindenburg. In nineteen thirty seven when it went down in, oh, in Jersey. Man. But uh I didn't know this about the Hindenburg. There were ninety six people aboard and thirty five fatalities. I didn't so, like, know. A that lot either. a lot of people got off the Hindenburg. Wow. Which like you look at pictures of that and it's like How
0: Yeah, where were they? How did they get in there?
1: Um my man Heinrich Kubis, like helped people get off of the the oh, cabin man. of the thing uh he was he was in charge of the of the like staff and cabin crew and he managed to like get a bunch of people off and then himself jumped out of a window as it approached the ground and made it out as i guess 60 some people did as well um that's pretty badass i think uh obviously the expectations that have been placed upon flight attendants have historically been pretty horrific um like there, there has been in the mid twentieth century, like a this like aesthetic ideal of beauty that was placed on the almost entirely female workforce, uh, and I did not realize j- just how rough that that got. Um, I, I pulled this from uh, an article on uh, from from Wikipedia. Um. So, like, these airlines started to advertise, basically, the attractiveness of their of their cabin crew. Uh, National Airlines began a Fly Me campaign using attractive female flight attendants with taglines such as, I'm Lorraine, fly me to Orlando. Yikes.
0: Oh, no. Uh,
1: Braniff International Airways presented a campaign known as the Airstrip with similarly attractive young female flight attendant changing uniforms mid-flight. Uh, in the United States, many airlines had a policy that only unmarried women could be flight attendants, Ugh. as well as a mandatory retirement age of thirty-two.
0: <laughs> no, uh,
1: because of the belief that women would be less appealing and attractive after this age. I mean,
0: that is true. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it.
1: And that was the law of the land for a minute, and then oh, in nineteen sixty-eight, the uh, Equal Employment Opportunity uh, Act. I don't remember exactly what the name of the thing was. Made it basically against the law to discriminate yeah. See, based on age and marital status. That's
0: and, how. That's how you have to be skeptical whenever you meet somebody that talks about like, "Oh, flying isn't what it used to be." You have to wonder, like, what exactly are you referencing? Yeah, right. Now? <laughs> right.
1: Uh, and and so, like, over the next couple of decades after, like, the the Civil Rights Act of sixty uh, four. You know, these these insane draconian restrictions like slowly got peeled away and then in like the late 80s and 90s you start to get more uh, men entering the, the career and, you know, it still definitely has its share of problems, but I did not realize how like profoundly yeah. sexist and ageist and oh, all yeah. of these different ways that, that it, that it yeah, was. Yeah, I
0: feel like there's been a number of like films and TV shows. I did not watch that Pan
1: that. Am show, but I assume that that's yeah. largely what this was about. But yeah, it is an industry where I just appreciate anybody who like does it. Because it yeah. seems like a job that I could never in a million, billion, gajillion years do. Yeah. And I have had so many, like, really good experiences with, with cabin crew on, yes. on the many, many, many flights that I have had to take in, in my adult life. So just wanted to give a shout out. Flight attendants. Y'all are getting it done. Cabin hey, crew. Cabin, thank you. Thank ca- you. I don't know if, I, I think cabin crew is now the preferred term. Uh, obviously, steward and stewardess, we don't. It yeah. Has been out of out of style since like the 70s, <laughs> yeah. despite the fact that there are still people who definitely use that that term today. But anyway, can I steal your way? Sure. Here I go. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis a vis website design
0: to get 50% off.
1: Got a couple tumbo toms here, and I would love to read the first one because it is for Michael, and it's from Sarah, who says, Keister, happy seventh wedding anniversary. I'm sure by this time, we are holding our sweet baby boy in our arms, and baby B is being the best big sister. Let's order a big tray of sushi to celebrate our anniversary, our new baby, and the fact that I can actually eat sushi again. P.S. I still want that corg. Love you. Lady, and that is Corg spelled C O R G, which I guess is short for Corgi, not a K O R G, you know, synthesizer situation. But maybe they want both. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Maybe they want a puppy dog that they can create, you know, beats and arpeggios and all that fun stuff on. Boy, wouldn't that just be so whimsical? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm feeling really whimsical.
0: Little headphones on a Mm -hmm. Corgi—that's nice. Can I read the next one? Oh yes. It is for Jess. It is from Jared. Happy birthday, beautiful. Unless this isn't being read around your birthday, in which case happy slash merry slash etc. Insert nearest holiday here. Beautiful. I love you so much and you're the most wonderful part of every one of my days. And this was for May first. Okay. So not too bad.
1: No, so I guess Star Wars Day is the closest <laughs> holiday, holiday there that we that we hit. So um Happy Happy stars day and the fourth be with you and um and also with you, and this that's no moon. it's love, oh, hey, if you want to get a jumbotron on the show, uh, spots for the second half of twenty twenty two they are opening up now, and they close friday may twenty seventh. If you want to enter the drawing for a chance to purchase a Jumbotron on Wonderful, just head over to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron Drawing. If your name is drawn, you'll have the option to purchase a personal Jumbotron message for 100 bucks. Once again, we're only accepting personal messages at this time. No business. And the air date is estimated not guaranteed if you haven't figured that out already. Uh, for complete details, please visit MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron Drawing and email Daniel at MaximumFun.org if you have any further
2: questions. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in this year's Max Fun Drive. If you're a member who wants to purchase additional patches, our annual shop is now live. The proceeds for this year's sale will be going to Trans Lifeline. Anytime is a good time to donate to Trans Lifeline, but this year it feels particularly important. Trans Lifeline is a nonprofit for the trans community, by the trans community. We're grateful that with your support, we'll be able to help Trans Lifeline connect trans folks to the support and resources they need to survive and thrive. The sale will run until Friday, May 20th. Folks at the $10 monthly level and above will have access to all of the patches from the drive. We also have a special network patch starring Nutsy that all members can purchase. For more information on Trans Lifeline, visit translifeline.org. And for more information on the patches, head to maximumfun.org slash patch sale.
0: Hey, this is Alden Ford. And Mujan Zofagari. And we are here with all the other creators of Mission to Zix.
1: Hello. Hello. Hey. You're not going to say our names, too? No, no. It's a
0: short that promo. Was, yeah, yeah okay. sort of speed Now, with it. the end of our fifth and final season, just a few weeks away, we want to say thank you to Maximum Fun and to every single one of you who has listened to and supported Mission to Zix. Thank you. And if you haven't checked it out, well, Mission to Zix is an improvised
2: space opera with blockbuster quality sound design, a score performed by an actual 60 Orchestra and hilarious guest comedians on every episode. And as our final episodes
0: air, now is the perfect time to jump on board. Mm-hmm. That's Mission to Zix, Z Y X X on maximum fun. A bebê boom bom bom. Boom. Boom, Sorry, let me just, hold
1: on. That was my car. I, sometimes I, I have to. <laughs> it doesn't turn over the first time. The start. The spark plugs are pretty old. Hold on, let me try again.
0: <laughs> boom! 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 There we boom, go. Boom! 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 Boom!
1: No, hold on. It's doing the thing again. <laughs> It's still, the clutch is uh, getting a little. It's difficult. the
0: poetry corner. I know. I know. What do you got? For I really it? have to make an effort to not do seventy six trombones every time, I... or because of your influence, the theme song to Frasier.
1: Yeah, that was almost a <laughs> mashup. What you just performed for us called seventy six Frasers, seventy six scrambled eggs,
0: seventy six Frasers. That's fun to think about, huh?
1: Yeah, <laughs> just lock them all in a room together. And see who survives
0: uh this is a poet who resides in West Virginia hey uh I'm not saying that because I think you'll know who they are I might because they live in Morgantown
1: uh barf <laughs> I could not care less about that rivalry I know
0: uh this is James Harms yeah no uh, sorry see, you know you got me for a second I there. know I did. <laughs> Uh, He teaches at WVU. Uh, He was a founding director of the MFA program there in creative writing. Cool. Um, But he's been teaching there since
1: 1994.
0: Okay. Uh, And he was the department chair. I'm not sure if he still is. He was as of 2018. Um, But uh, he's in my little anthology. So sometimes, you know, when I'm looking for new poets, I'll just pick up an anthology. This one's not particularly new. new. It's called The New Young American Poets. So you'd be like, oh, this must be new but it's from 2001 so not new new yeah (laughs) um but i found him when i was looking through here and i had never read any of his poems before but i really like him all right uh so i wanted to share one of them that i thought was appropriate uh it's called the joy addict okay uh and this is from a book that was published in 2009 with the same name um so one might say the title track (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I thought this was kind of a a nice fit, because obviously here on Wonderful, that's kind of what we're trying to do. Yeah. You know, is focus on the good stuff. Right. Uh, So I wanted to read this. Okay. The Joy Addict. Whales fall slowly to the ocean floor after dying and feed the vertical nation for years. Like Christ who feeds us still, they say, though I don't know. But imagine it, fish chasing through the bones or nibbling what's left, the whale, when it finally touches bottom, an empty church. Forget all that, it's intended to soften the skin like apricot seeds in mud, or boredom. The drift of worlds in a given day can turn a telephone to porcelain, open graves in the sidewalk. So that who knows why thinking about thinking leads to new inventions of grace that never take, never lead to say what to do with grandmother who is determined to live beyond her usefulness, which is fine, but why won't she relax and watch the sea with me? I wish someone would intrude on all this. People grow tired explaining themselves to mirrors, to clerks administering the awful perfume. I ask a Liberace lookalike, why do you dress that way? What way? He says and he's right. Who taught us to bow our heads while waiting for trains, to touch lumber without regret and sing privately or not at all, to invest the season with forgiveness and coax from it a hopeful omen? Lord knows the hope would heal this little fear, but who taught us to fear? Soon branches crackle in the windy heat like something cooking too quickly Dogwood lathering the empty woods, and everyone looking for a commitment of permanence from summer, from someone else. Too dear, the color of corn disappear into an empty field, and I wait beside the road for them to move. I want to see them again. Fuck, not lovely.
1: Yeah, the back, the back, like quarter of that poem really hooked, really hooked. Me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like I, it. I'm glad that he is is teaching literature uh and, and creative writing if he still is, because that poem does so many essential things. Yeah. You know, it like it really roots you in these various images, and there's kind of like surprising turns in it. Uh, and it is like very grounded, uh, in a way that like you can see what's happening even though you're all over the place. Right. Um And I just love it. And also knowing the title, man, it is so hard to title a piece of work. Right. Uh, And I feel like the title really reminds you like, oh, this is is what we're talking about.
1: What was the line about the promise of permanence from summer from someone?
0: Hmm. Uh, Everyone looking for a commitment of permanence from summer from someone else.
1: That's really good. Isn't that nice? That's really, really good. I mean, living in Texas is like, <laughs> we get that commitment <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much on an annual basis. But
0: uh, So he has written 10 books, eight of which are full-length poetry collections. The last one I could find was published in 2017 called Rowing with Wings. Um, I found a poem published from him relatively recently called Uncertain Air that was actually in the Missouri Review, which is the literary magazine I used to work at. Mm-hmm. Um, He has been writing a collection between March and May of 2020, so I don't know if he has a book forthcoming, hmm. but uh, Uncertain Air is another one to check out. It's it's kind of about the early days of the pandemic. Hmm. Um, He's received a National Endowment for the Arts Fellowship, three Pushcart Prizes, uh, as well as various fellowships uh, from West Virginia and Pennsylvania Arts Commission. Dang. Oh, he, he is from Los Angeles
1: okay. originally. Okay. So, so he doesn't have that. Not a hometown boy. Mountains, mountain just pebbles in his veins, the mud, the <laughs> slurry in his in his soul. Uh,
0: and for those of you that don't know what a Pushcart Prize is, uh, every year, uh, small presses that publish poetry um, are kind of scoured to find kind of the best poetry of the year. Uh, and it comes out annually, as I mentioned. That's also true for short fiction essays. Hmm. Um but yeah he has he has published broadly um and still still writing today and I really enjoyed everything I read by him. I just picked that poem because it seemed applicable there's a lot of good work yeah. by him. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of uh whale fall imagery in there that uh, uh as as know, someone who has been working on 3 right? for a while is yeah, really I on
0: my Yeah, I Um, he mentioned as far as influences, the New York poets, I've talked about Frank O'Hara before, but also John Ashbery. He said that he likes to hear, uh, people talk in poems. Hmm. Um, just, just poets that kind of, kind of speak to you through their own experience, um, in a very kind of conversational way, which I also really
1: enjoy. Yeah, of course.
0: There you go. There
1: he is. Thank you. Thank you for that. Pleased to meet you, James. Pleased to meet you, James. Your your acquaintance is so appreciated, uh, and you, dear listener, are so appreciated. As are Bowen and Augustus for these four theme song. Money won't pay, which you can find a link to in the episode description. If you can believe it. Uh, hey, we have uh, we got a bunch of merch over at macroymerchcom
0: Yeah, thank you to everybody that was able to give during the Max Fun Drive.
1: Oh my gosh, y'all came out in a big way.
0: We we did not have high hopes. I think it continues to be a tough time for everybody and it is always awkward for us to ask uh, for help but everybody showed up for us in a big way.
1: Yeah, thank you all very, very, very much. It means the world. We hope you enjoy the content of us talking about Dharma and Greg because <laughs> God knows I enjoyed it. I, I mean, we're going on tour still. We got some shows coming up. You can check all that out at uh, yeah, the Family. We have a live, a virtual mm-hmm. Taz coming up, I think, next week? Maybe. Are you doing that one? Uh, uh no, uh but we are playing a game called Dread which is Jenga based. It's going to be so fucking fun. <laughs> that does fun. sound fun. Uh that's I think it's next Friday. But I I don't I don't have that pulled up in front of me cuz again, soup inside my skull Yeah. Skull soup.
0: Uh, hey Breezy, you're a real Dharma right now.
1: But yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um anyway, Thank you all for listening, and thank you for thanks for the memories. Thank, yeah, thanks for your thanks for the strength that you give me. You're the one beneath my wings, and you're also the wings, and you're the joints that connect the wings to my shoulder blades. Uh huh. Which is where I, my wings come out of Beautiful. when I eat spicy food. Oh, well, okay. Sorry, when I eat spicy food, I turn I turn into an angel
0: oh i like that reboot <laughs> yeah it's sort
1: of like a mix of turbo teen and Touch by an angel
0: does she become an angel it's called angel? touched by a
1: turbo teen <laughs> and, and there's
0: it's... and there's the name of the episode
1: <laughs> oh yeah oh good right at the midnight hour you're welcome rachel